0: You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So I'm going to need to do a little bit of review this morning. And so we've been talking for a couple of weeks now about this idea of learning to listen to God developing a listening heart and we've said last week I'll just run through some of this we said last week that this needs to be a lifestyle for us of of seeking after of listening for God in other words we are setting our hearts to hear what God's going to say and as he speaks, we listen to God. We talked about the fact there's a huge difference between hearing and listening. We can hear things. You all know this. You've all had this experience with a husband or a wife or a child or a pet or whatever, where you know they heard you, but they're not listening. Okay. None of us admit that. It's, that is rare in husbands. We will say that this morning. It is a rare thing. In husbands, but I know there have been a few cases. So nobody in this room. But so we want to develop this lifestyle, this habit where we are attentive. We're, we're ready to tune in to whatever the Spirit of God would say. And I always, whenever we talk about a subject anywhere in here, I like to talk about the fact that Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. So if you're his sheep, if you've made him the Lord of your life, you can hear his voice. You have that ability. Don't ever get discouraged about it. When you feel like you're not hearing God, we all go through that. But always remember, I am his sheep and I do hear his voice, okay? He he really takes the lead in this. He really, if we set our hearts to hear from him, we'll hear from him. So we start over here in Proverbs chapter eight and uh, beginning in verse 32 Where it says, now therefore listen to me, O you sons, for, why, for, happy, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied, are those who keep my ways. I want to discuss that a little bit this morning. He goes on to say, hear instruction and be wise. So this is how we get wisdom for life. We hear his instruction. And when you hear it, do not refuse or neglect it. We talked about that last week. The Bible makes it real clear that re, that neglecting the word, just not paying attention to it, bears the exact same fruit as rejecting the word. It, with the, it bears, it's not the same attitude, but it bears the same fruit in our lives. It goes on and says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied, is the man who listens to me. So there's a lot of blessing in this. Watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors, for whoever finds me, finds wisdom, finds life, and draws forth and obtains the favor of the Lord. I like that. We draw. It's not that we earn the favor of the Lord, but we draw it through listening to him. We draw it. We draw it out of his word. We draw it out of what he's saying to us. So he says in there, he tells us to listen to him and that people are blessed to keep his ways. And this term ways is really important throughout the scripture and and literally it speaks of paths. But paths are a method of getting from one place to another. There it's it's a path, right? So what we see through the scripture is God not only wants to give us his principles or his instructions and to understand what our assignment is he he wants to share with us his way of doing things, his way of applying his word. You say, does God apply his word? Yeah, God applies his word. He applied the principle of seed time and harvest. We don't have have time to go there today. And the principle of first fruits in sending Jesus to the earth. Jesus was the first fruit, the first begotten, the first raised from the dead. And there will be many more resurrected, raised from the dead. God does apply and walk in. They're his nature. He, he gave us this word, not just as an instruction to us, but because it's it all reflects who he is. And so his ways are these methods. They're this, they're how do I, how would, what would, it is a what would Jesus do thing? You know, what would the Lord do in this situation? How would he respond? Not just what are the words he would say, what would his heart be? That's that's the ways of God. It speaks of his attitude towards things, how he presents himself, how he would approach the situation you're facing this week. That's the ways of God. And so when we hear him, we not only get the instruction, we get the principle, but we find out how would you approach this? What would your heart be in this situation? And the Lord will show us all of that As we're listening to him, he'll give us a specific way of applying a specific principle to a specific challenge. So, I mean, an example of that would be an enemy rises up in our life. We're told to bless that person, not to curse that person. Okay, well, how do I do that? I mean, I know I can speak blessing over there. We're supposed to pray for our enemies, not attack our enemies okay that's one of the ways of god he sends rain on the just and the unjust he blesses people that don't deserve it like all of us he he blesses people so so that's one of his ways to to praise him in the face of difficult situations that's a way of god it's it's the honoring of god in in all situations to to see something that just looks totally impossible, but to declare his word over it instead of be, being defeated by it, instead of running the other way, instead of giving up, instead of deciding, oh, God must have done that because it's impossible, so I'm just going to go this other way. Instead, he tells us to declare his word over it, to, to persevere. God is an enduring and persevering person. He endures and perseveres with all of us. He hasn't given up. He hasn't quit. So, lots and lots of, um, lots and lots of examples of this. But part of what we want to get as we listen to the Lord it's not just his instruction, but his ways. Okay, how he would, how he would handle it. All right, and the problem is that a lot of us have kind of developed this habit instead. We love God, but we just do things our own way and then we ask God's blessing on it instead of taking the time to hear him and find out what his way is here. What is your path for me through this situation? What is your path? And the blessing is already on that path. So we, we don't even have to ask for blessing on that path. It so says the man is blessed who learns his ways. Okay, it's it's already there. All right, and then he tells us in those verses, you know, that we should be uh, waiting, uh, watching at daily at his gates, watching daily. It means to watch closely for somebody. It actually is a picture of somebody staying awake over something really important. They won't even go to sleep because they're watching. They don't want to miss what God's going to say. It's so important. It's a picture of holding a vigil in order to hear what God's saying. And and then he says, waiting at his doors, you know? So we're supposed to be waking God up in the morning. We're supposed to be, it's this, it is really the activity and the attitude of a guard or a sentry. You're not going to go to sleep on this. You are, you are going to, and I, I mean this spiritually, I'm not saying you never should sleep, okay? I, I'm saying, you know, it's our attitude. It's this attitude of heart. I am I'm waiting. I am waiting to hear from you. My whole heart is waiting to hear from you. And I am waiting to draw your favor, right? I, and And so the point here is we place this tremendous value and pull on God and his word before we ever hear anything. We're coming with an attitude, okay, to pull on what God has to say to us, knowing that he wants to speak to us. But when we come with that attitude, we're going to hear from him, all right? And we start into Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20, where it says, My son, attend to my words, consent, and submit to my saying. So we said last week that word attend, it means to be present. It means to give undivided attention to something. It means to remain with something in order to care for it like a nurse would. Uh, they're not going to just leave. They don't just come and leave. This is this is anything but a casual encounter with God's word. All right. This is not a casual encounter. This isn't just something that we let fly by. This, this is we're attending. All right. We are. And so I, I don't particularly want to offend anybody here, but I don't know how you grew up, but I still know, folks, that they're pretty much their whole exposure to the Word of God is through what we used to call a promise box, where there was a box. Isn't that amazing? A promise box, and it was a box, and it had promises in it. <laughs> So there were scriptures written on a card and every day you'd pull one of those out and you'd read that and I have a calendar in there from Rick Renner uh that is similar to that it has a uh it has a scripture and it has um, an expansion of a Greek term from that scripture it's really good stuff actually but it's you know but that's what it is well that's great but that's not my whole exposure to the word of God that day, okay? That's just one encouraging thing, and that's fine. Uh, there used to be, I think there's still this little book called The Daily Bread. Anybody familiar with that? Yeah, and, and every day it gives you a little nugget of the word. Well, that's fine. That's good. But don't let that be your whole exposure. When this is talking about attending to his words... We're staying present with the word. We're keep, we're being mindful of the word. We are keeping it in mind all day. So, so some of us were raised, that's all, I mean, that was it. Actually, uh, when I was first born again, that was quite a bit. That was way more than I was getting at church, okay? Uh, that bit of the word. And so, I mean, it's a good place to start, but that's not what is being encouraged here. This is not a... Casual encounter, a passing acquaintance with the word. And then it tells us when we hear the word consent and submit to my sayings. This is that term, you know, your King James Version says incline your ear. It means to stretch out towards, it means to prick up the ears. It's just like if you're sitting at the table with somebody and they're talking, and, you know, you can be there having a conversation and you can be looking around the room and watching everybody else and listening to this and that, watching the TV up in the corner. Or you can focus in on them and look them in the eye. And and it's that place where we start to tune out all the other voices, all the other stuff coming in. That's this posture of, I'm leaning in, God, to what you would say. This is all giving us uh, all of these various postures, really. And then it says to consent and submit. To consent and submit. Consent means say yes. So when God speaks, our automatic answer, our first answer is yes. We we welcome his word. And it might be, and it shouldn't be yes, but, okay? Yes, but is just about no, okay? But it can be yes, yes, and I, I so what does that mean, God? You know, I mean, it's like Mary, she, you know, she asked the question, How's this going to happen? She wasn't full of doubt. I mean, the Bible makes that clear. She wasn't doubting. She's just saying, okay, I'm a 14-year-old girl. I'm not sleeping with anybody. I'm going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. How's that going to work? You know, it's just all a matter of the heart, but the consent. Isn't it amazing that God has given us the right and the ability to consent or not to his word? He didn't have to be like that, but that's who he is. He really values, he created you to seek him out of your heart. He didn't create you to be a puppet. He didn't create you to be a slave. And he actually gives us the choice to say yes or no. But it, but this scripture tells us what to do. <laughs> Choose life, you know, consent and submit. So submit means I'm saying Jesus is Lord. Submit means I'm saying uh, you, you know, I I love this phrase. It's an old one, but I love this phrase. I make I want to make the word first place and final authority in my life, and that that means I I want my habit to be when I have a question, when I don't know what to do, I will turn to the word first, and it holds first place. It holds final authority. Once I hear. There's no, I'm not, it's not a debate anymore. Once I know what God is saying, it's not a debate. It's not me arguing with God. It's not, I'm going to go check out all these other voices. You know, I I need to get online. I need to check what everybody else thinks. I need to know what society thinks. I need to know what the TikTok influencers think. It's it's shocking that we even have such a thing. But anyway, uh, you know, it's not, no, first place. Final authority. Once I know what God has said, it's done. I'm going to submit to it. I'm going to yield to it. And the thing that will fight you on submitting to the Lord's voice is that we live in an inherently rebellious culture. And I hope all of us can admit that. And I I really do think this changed in the 60s and the 70s When I was a little kid, my brothers were older, we embraced rebellion. We thought it was the coolest thing in the world. We didn't call it rebellion. We called it being cool. But all of a sudden, you know, I don't think any generation prior was as big on rejecting authority as we were. And the Bible tells us rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. It is a big deal to God. And it is just the out and out rejection of God's authority and any other authority that God has instituted. And what's so interesting is you can watch the disciples and I love that this is in our Bibles. You can watch the disciples have to say no to government authority, but do it because they were telling them you couldn't preach the gospel, right? It wasn't just something it wasn't just go the speed limit. Okay, don't run your donkey down the street. It wasn't that. Okay, it was you can no longer preach the gospel, no longer speak the name of Jesus. Well, they said no, but they did it with respect, and they said, "Who are we supposed to obey? You or God?" I mean, you know, they had it right, and they did it right. So there was civil disobedience, and there's a place for that. But it's again, it's always the hard attitude but instead we're just we are just resistant to anybody telling us anything to do and we're i don't think we're gaining on it i think we're getting worse and so for us as christians we need to understand and this was this was one i really grappled with when i first came to the lord because of my upbringing and not my parents <laughs> i wasn't the way my parents brought me up but the time i was growing up in it it was different. I I mean I respected God but I just had this innate thing of somebody told me what to do I wanted to kick against that. Well that's not a godly attitude and it'll really rob us of submitting to the word of God. And I just think it's someplace that all of us need to be praying over and I I think right now I mean, I've been hearing this in a number of individuals lately. I've been hearing it, and I've been hearing it getting preached again. We used to hear this. And, I, and a number of individuals have come up and, and said, you know what, God's really dealing with me about rebellion in my heart, I was, I realized, you know, that I just, and it usually, it, a lot of times, it starts with our parents, starts with kicking against our parents, it starts with this. Uh, some people, it's through politics, it's different things. And I'm just saying to you as your pastor today, watch this. Watch this in your heart, because we don't, we can be who we need to be, and we can, we can live our lives, we can go a different way where we need to, but that, that should, be, that should not be the norm, kicking against authority. That shouldn't be the norm. That should be something. You don't see it much in the book of Acts. And look at what they were living in. They were living in a much more totalitarian situation than we are. I mean, so far, nobody's showing up at your house with a sword to cut your head off if you speak the name of Jesus. Nobody's, we aren't having anybody burned at the stake down in Legion Park, you know, yet. And, and so we need to, it, it will just, it'll just take you off track, you know? And so that's what I think culturally will really fight us on trying to receive what this scripture says, okay? Does that make sense? Do you love that? Do you feel good? One does. Excellent. Thank you, honey. I'm telling you the truth because I love you. Okay, uh, let's move on. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 21 and 22. Okay, it says, let them, them what? Them words, okay, that we've heard from God, not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. Why? Because they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. So first it tells us, don't, let the word depart from your sight. Okay, and and that just means just that. It's where we lose sight of something. Okay, the word of God will not hide itself from you. Okay, depart from your sight. Well, you know, God's not going to cloak his word. The word doesn't get up and walk out of your heart. Okay, the word wants your heart is the seedbed of, that was put in you for God's word. It is where God wants to plant his word. And so it isn't just going to get up and pull itself out. It isn't just going to We either, it has to be neglected until it dies or rejected or, you know, read Mark chapter four. Jesus taught about distractions. We can make distractions in our lives. Let those grow up and choke the word and cause it to be of no effect in our life. We can get offended and block the word. All kinds of things can happen. But when it says, don't let the word depart, it has to it has to either be rejected or neglected or stolen. Mark chapter 4 tells us that when we hear the word, Satan comes immediately to try and steal it out of our hearts. He'll come to you with offense right after you've heard the word. He'll come to you with, he'll come to you. Uh, offense is a big one. Fear is another one. He'll come to you with distraction. He'll come to you with anything he can, if he can get you to let go of that word. And I just feel impressed to go this way right now. So Satan doesn't have any new tricks. Uh, If we look back in Genesis we look back in genesis and we look at what he did when he came into the garden here were people that were created in the image and likeness of god that were walking with god that were conversing with god that were naked and had no shame that had no idea about shame there was nothing like that even on their horizon and but he he came in and he started to ask them questions and you know first first he'll ask did God really say, so He will question the Word, and it happens all over the place today. You know what the Word of God says. You can read the newspaper. people are questioning there are letters in the paper this week saying Romans chapter one doesn't say what Romans chapter One says. one of them's from a pastor, okay there are you know there are messages embedded in the movies we watch, in the news that we watch in the stories we read, in the newspapers, in the magazines. They're embedded everywhere that question, did God really say? Is that really the word of God? Did he really say that to you? So you need to be in the word, hearing what God said, and keeping it, protecting it. We just read, you know, we read about keeping his ways. That word always, it always means guarded. Protect it. All right. Here it's saying, Don't let the word depart from your sight. In other words, keep it in front of you. Keep the word in front of you. Why? Because there are going to be all these things. Satan came along, he asked them, Did God really say this? And and Eve came back with a good answer. I mean, she wasn't she wasn't quite technically right about what had been said, but she said, Yeah, no, he said, you know, he says, did God really say you can't eat from any tree? That wasn't what God had said. She said, no, we can eat from all the trees, just not the one in the center of the garden. And, and she said, if we eat from it or touch it, we'll die. Well, as far as we know, he hadn't said about touching it, but her heart was in the right place. He came back then and just flatly contradicted. He flatly said, no, that won't happen. God's just jealous. God knows that if you eat of that tree you're going to be like him well they were already like him they were made in his image and likeness they had pure hearts they weren't they weren't in sin they weren't the fall hadn't happened but he came back and he flatly to them in their face said god's just jealous of you he just doesn't want you to be like him so he's just robbing you you know and so so he tell he just contradicts what god had said to them. The same thing will happen to us. We can read, there are lots of bold voices out there right now. Some of them saying they're Christians, flatly contradicting what the word of God says, whether it's based on science, whether it's based on social constructs that they want to be true, uh, whatever it might be, they're all over the place. So we need to develop this listening heart that says, no, if God has said it, I will believe it and I will submit my life. I I will submit my life to him. I don't expect him to change according to my beliefs. That makes sense to you. You guys awake? Okay. So, the word won't get up and walk out. It's this this verse says, we're watching. We're not going to look away. We're not going to look aside. Have you ever had that happen where you were watching something, you know, um and especially, I don't know, I guess I think of satellites in the night sky or different, you know, anything we're watching for. it. And then we look away and we totally lose sight of it. We get distracted. We look away at something else. We come back, can't find it now. Can't, can't see it. It's that kind of idea. Instead, we're not going to be distracted. And again, Mark chapter four told us that distraction is just one of the Common tools of the enemy to choke it says it chokes out the word of God in our heart when we get too distracted sometimes um one thing that happens I think in distraction is that the, the i the devil will tell us, but you know the distraction will tell us, look, this is just for this time, this is just for a little while for a little while. You're too busy to give this time to your devotional time. You're too busy to be in church. You're too busy here or there. This thing or or this thing, you know what? You need to deal with this is more urgent. You can go to church anytime. This is what's urgent in your life. And there's a, you know, we have that term, the tyranny of the urgent. There are things that'll rise up. And if you start living according to those, there'll be one after another, after another, after another. And all of a sudden you're way over here when you used to be over here and it happened through distraction. Any of these strategies, if the devil can use, if you let him use them on you, they'll grow. He'll use them. I mean, you know, his goal is to get you away from your relationship with God and bringing the name of Jesus to people. So a lot of times it'll be, you know, it's just for now, this is just once, it's just for a short time. You need to take care of this more, you know. Uh, whatever it might be, these messages come, we've got to keep our eyes on the word. All right, doesn't mean you don't have a life. It's just a hard attitude that you develop. Does so That makes sense to you, okay? Um, Proverbs, if we drop down, we're going to stay in this verse, but if you drop down to verse 25, same chapter, Proverbs 4, 25, it says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Well, there's a lot of good information there. There's a lot in and on. We've used these examples for years and years and years. It is true about us. We go where we're looking. If you're driving your car and you're looking over here for a while, you will swerve that way, almost certainly. I mean, and I guess that's why, because we're too dumb to look right ahead of us now to keep our eyes on the road. Now we have the car learning how to keep us from changing lanes, but don't get me started on that. So that is not improving our driving, is my opinion about that. But, you know, when we're riding our mountain bikes and we're doing different things, if you look at the obstacle, you will almost certainly hit the obstacle. You've got to look at where you want to go. And that's what the scripture is saying. Don't get distracted. Don't get pulled aside. Okay, look straight ahead. Fix your gaze on the word of God. Fix your gaze on what the Lord is saying and where he's taking you. Okay, and then it says, keep those words in the center of your heart. This is back in uh, verse 22 23. Keep those words, keep them in the center of your heart. And that word center s- speaks to us of something that has been surrounded like, like with a wall. It's like if they took something, they brought it inside the city walls, but they didn't just bring it just inside the city walls, they took it to the center of the city. They took it where it would have the greatest level of possible protection. That's what it means when it says, keep the word in the center of your heart. We are going to, again, the Bible tells us over and over and over in many ways, we are to guard and keep the word. We are to keep it in the center of our heart. It's not supposed to be just out here on the edge, something we kind of appreciate, something we visit once in a while. It's something that we have surrounded. We are keeping it in the most secure place. Okay, we're building a fortress around it. Another another place that word is used in the Hebrew, and I love this, and I believe God does this, is it's a picture of a mother encircling her child with her arms to protect that child. Okay, so that's because that child is precious. That mother loves that child. And I believe the Lord does that for us, and I believe we need to do that for the word in our hearts. Are you getting anything out of this? All right. And the reason for that is because the word's going to be challenged again read read go back through mark chapter Four. I know a lot of you can quote a lot of it, but um go back through it, go back through it so and i and again, I just want to say this to you, you're the only one that can guard the word in your heart. Your husband or wife can't do it for you, mama can't do it for you. I can't do it for you I, nobody else can guard the word in our hearts. That is a personal choice and decision that all of us need to make. And, and as much as we might want to surround you and we will surround you with prayer, we will, you know, your friends will be there, we'll speak the word to you, but it's going to be up to you what value you're going to place on it. There isn't There isn't anybody else that can do that. Okay? Um. And then finally, and, uh, it says, "Why? Why are we doing all this with the word? Because they, the words of God, they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all of their flesh, healing and health to all of their flesh. So we live in a we live in a a world where, of course, we all experience sickness and disease." <clears throat> this morning we laid hands on one another and prayed over that sickness, okay? We believe that Jesus carried our sickness and carried our disease because the Bible says so, all right? So he carried that as our substitute, so it's not right for us to have it. We know it's it's just not right. God wants health for us. Well, one of the places that we find healing, it says, and health, meaning ongoing healthy living, is in the word the word actually carries healing so many times if you're sick i recommend you know sure go you know go to the doctor do whatever you need to do go to bed rest give your body a break but put the word on just bring it up on your phone or however you want to do it huh a bear yeah get one of Jamie's bears put it right there it'll speak the word to you for an hour for an hour and And it just let that word run, knowing, why am I doing that? Because it's speaking to my spirit. Even if I'm asleep, my spirit doesn't sleep. And I will be hearing, that word will be going into my heart. And the word, it doesn't have to be, I mean, yeah, listen to the healing scriptures, because that builds your faith about healing. Yes, any scriptures. The, just, just play the Bible. Just play the New Testament. Play the Gospels, because the Word itself carries health and healing for all of our flesh. That means our whole being. There. Okay. So, right now we live in a time where um, mental health is becoming a, a big byword. Okay. And I'm not saying we don't need it, okay? Uh, but, but mental health issues. Well, a lot of things, addictions now are mental health issues. Um, uh, somebody shooting up a school, mental health issue. Okay, well, okay, they may need some help with their mental stability, okay? But a lot of these, they're sin issues. They are separation from God issues that affect the mind. There's separation from God issues that affect the body. There's a lot of sickness and a lot of disease we can easily, easily avoid. You know, it boggles my mind. We don't watch many commercials. I've been muting commercials since the day they came out with a remote. I just, you know, it's a waste of time. But anyway, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, it just... Shocks me, but anyway, uh, I'm out of touch, okay? I admit it. But there are commercials out there now for drugs to use for STDs, for AIDS and other sexually transmitted diseases. And they, the commercial, the way it's shot, the way they do it, they're glorifying homosexuality and sexuality, heterosexual sex between people who aren't married. They're glorifying all that while they're selling you the drug to fight the sickness that the sin is causing. And you could just save your money by not getting into the sin. I remember when when AIDS first was, you know, coming on the scene and it was a big deal. And for all of us, it was like, well... I don't sleep with anybody but my wife, so I don't have to worry about it, you know? And it wasn't, I'm not saying don't have compassion. We had people that lived with us that finally died of AIDS. But I mean, we ministered to people, but I'm just saying here we're living in a society where the marketing is beautifully glorifying the sin and then selling you their remedy. The word of God will bring health and healing to all your flesh we can avoid a ton of that kind of disease that kind of thing simply by walking in god's word is that the truth yeah yeah and it's it's just to me it's like man we're the church we have the answer jesus is the answer for so many of these ailments. And the same thing with the whole mental health deal. I'm not against that. I understand people need help and there is help there, but it's becoming this avenue out here for issues that could be solved by having Christ in their lives. Okay? It could be solved that way. Okay? So, if you read and I'll just give you one more thing and then I think we'll... Just wrap this up for today. But over in, sorry, I just can't. I just keep thinking we have a moral crisis. We have a family crisis. We have this crisis. We have that crisis. They are, it is an unbelief crisis. It's a not knowing God crisis. That's the real solution. Okay, try to get off of that. So one last thing that you can look up on your own. So we're talking about don't let the word depart out of your heart. Attend to it, listen to it. Don't don't lose track of it, don't lose sight of it. Keep it in the center, keep it guarded. All those types of things. So over in Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4, there's a lot of discussion about the nation of Israel as that they were people who were hearing the word but it says it didn't benefit them it didn't produce fruit in them because it says a couple of things of their unbelief their distrust in god and and then because it, it puts it that it wasn't mixed with faith and the language there is that as we're receiving the word we know that the word of God produces faith in us. Romans ten seventeen tells us that. But we need to approach the word with faith, and as we hear the word, we need to allow it to build faith in us. We need to. It's a again a choice that we make to put our trust in what God is saying, to trust it. And many times, as the word comes, something will rise up in your heart that'll be like, "Oh, you know, I've been trusting." this. I've been trusting this for my finance. I've been trusting this over here. And sometimes, I mean, the situations in life will shake. A lot of those things can be shaken. A lot of those things we put our trust in, they're natural systems. And it's not that they're bad. It's that our our real trust needs to be in God and what he's saying and in his word. And he doesn't change. So we'll come to these situations where the word will come into our heart and we'll recognize well, I think sometimes we take the word, maybe it's about healing, but but we're trusting in medicine. Again, you guys know I'm not against medicine. I think it helps us, keeps us alive till we can come to faith, okay? But, but you know, we'll suddenly recognize that, oh, you know what? I've actually got my faith over there. And that's an adjustment. That's something we need to realign to where even if we're going to take the medication for the help it can give, my actual trust for my healing is in God. My actual trust for my marriage, it's in God. My actual trust for my children, it's in God. Okay, does that make sense? And so Hebrews 3 and 4, it talks about that. And it talks about how the way that whole thing happened to them, where they weren't mixing the word with faith, is when they heard him speak, they hardened their hearts. In other words, they just, they didn't consent. They didn't let that word into their hearts. They didn't allow it to take root on the inside of them. And again, so there's this whole, there's this whole area of hard attitudes for us. If we want to develop a heart that listens, not just hears, because they were hearing the word, but listens, embraces, consents, and submits to the word. If that, if that's what we, where we want our lives to be, then and we need to let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit work on these various issues that go on on the inside of us. And this isn't a one-time thing. This is our whole life. You know, you'll be going along and you will have been in great trust over here at one point, And all of a sudden you'll realize, Wow, well, I'm not really. I've, put my, I've let my trust wander or I've let that word wander out of my sight. And the Holy Spirit's so good to come along and bring us, bring us back. You know Jesus talked about it as far as you know in Matthew chapter seven about the difference between just hearing and hearing and doing is the difference between building on sand and building on the rock so So there's a process and a solution to all of this, and we'll get into that next week. All right, why don't you stand up, wake up, shake yourself. I don't see anybody shaking. Yeah, a little bit of hokey pokey would be good. I'd like to see that. There you go. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. And I thank you, Lord, for your attention, the fact that you attend to our lives, Lord, that you watch over us and that you keep us. And that, Father, you have a tremendous plan and purpose for us. God, you have a tremendous plan and a tremendous purpose and you are building us. Lord, we've come to you as Lord and as Savior, but you are building us as the people of God. You are sending us out into this generation with the solution. You are sending us out day by day and week by week. God, we sometimes just get frustrated with what we see, but Lord... I love the fact that you always have hope. Your love overrides everything. Your love for people overrides everything. And God, we want to be out there bringing your word, bringing your life, bringing your health, bringing your prosperity, Lord, to people And so, Fathers, we go out this week. We believe that you've equipped us. We believe that you've equipped us to go into the challenges and the opportunities that we will meet. And we thank you for that. We choose to cover that word over, to guard it, to protect it, to surround it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. I think it's a minute or two before 11. So you owe me, okay? All right, go out there, eat some food, fellowship. We'll say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.